Good morning. Good to see you while we are continuing in the sermon series that we've been in, the Attributes of God. It has been really good. Uh, I'm really excited about this morning, um, just hearing God speak in, in the last few days, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited about it. And so, just to catch you up, uh, in case you don't know, we started off uh, in the sermon series, The Attributes of God, talking about how God is faithful. That was number one. Uh, then we talked about, uh, went from the fact that God is faithful to God's power. Talked about his power and then that God is holy, the fact that God is just, that God is eternal, uh, that God is omniscient. He knows everything. And today we're going to talk about God's glory. Um, I'm really excited about just what I've been hearing uh, from God, and um, I just pray that he speaks this morning. Um, good to see you all again. Always a, a good thing for me. It's always encouraging for me to be in the same room as my family. Um, and so for me, it's almost like coming here every Sunday is almost like having Thanksgiving Thanksgiving every uh, every Sunday, um, minus the fried turkey. I don't know. Maybe we, maybe we could work on that and get some fried turkey every Sunday. Uh, then I'd really be excited about being here. Uh, so we're going to talk about the glory of God. Uh, we're going to, in talking about the glory of God, we're going to talk about what God's relation is to glory. Okay. We know that God has glory, but we're going to address what God's relation is to glory. And then we're going to talk about, in regards to that, what does that mean to us? Why should I give a hill of beans about the fact that God has glory? Why does that, what bearing does that have on my life at all? And so if you don't know, uh, it is definitely, I, I do believe that God will communicate that to us today, so... Um, in light of that, let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for all of your many blessings. We thank you for, for being so good to us. God, I thank you for my family here. Um, God, we thank you for the spirit of love, the love that is in this place, the concern and the care that we have for each other. God, we know that that is more important than anything, that we love each other, that this be a place filled with your love, that the way we treat each other, the way we talk to each other, uh, that all those things be commanded by the fact that we love each other. Uh, Paul says, if I can speak with the tongue of, of men and angels, um, I can heal the sick, raise the dead. If I, if I can't love, he said, all that means nothing. The Bible says that this is how we know. Uh, Jesus said this is how men will know that you belong to me because you love each other. God, help us not to lose that. I feel the love in this room right now. I thank you for the love that we have for each other. Help us to protect that. Help us that the devil not rob, rob us of that. 
And then, God, in regards to today, we ask that you fill this place, God, with your spirit. Fill this place with your presence. God, as always, we ask that you dominate this time. Speak to us, God. We need to hear from you. We look to you in every way. Father, we humble ourselves before you. Forgive us of our sins, God, if there be anything that would hinder your spirit from moving in this time and from us from hearing from your spirit, God, remove that thing. Any distraction, any anything that would hinder us from experiencing you, God, remove it right now in the name of Jesus. God, we are yours. Speak to us, God. Give us this day our daily bread. Command this time as only you can. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The glory of God. Glory is defined in the Greek. Uh, there's a few different definitions, but they all point in the same direction. Glory is defined in the Greek, and it's, it's a term... It, in, in talking about God's glory, I almost feel uh, as if it's cliche. We, we, we talk about God's glory. Um, you know, say, oh, we had a good service. Say, oh, the, the glory of God was in our service today. And uh, we just, we use it in so many different ways. And we, we talk about it so loosely. Uh, but the Greek defines glory as clearly visible and obvious that God in having glory is clearly visible that the invisible God is clearly visible and obvious and so if glory meaning clearly visible and obvious what is God's relation to glory we're going to look at Psalms 24 Psalms 24, verses 7 through 10, it reads like this. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lift up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? In case you were wondering, the Lord strong and mighty. The Lord, the, the, the Lord mighty in battle. I want to read that verse again. Uh, go back. It says, who is this king of glory? I want you to notice that David... Uh, first of all, he asks the question and he answers, answers it himself. I know a few people who do that. Uh, we would call that crazy. But for the sake of today, it's not just that he answers the question, but he answers it with an exclamation mark. You ever had somebody ask someone a question and they answer you with an exclamation mark? It's usually because you ask them something that you should already know. Okay, And so David, in saying, who is this king of glory? In seeing that there's an exclamation mark, he's really telling you there is only one obvious answer. Okay? Who is this king of glory? Of course, the Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Who else? Next verse. Verse 9, lift up your heads, O ye gates. And lift them up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. 
Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. And so knowing that glory means clearly visible, clearly visible and obvious. And saying that God is the king of glory, it means that God is the king of obvious. That God is not just obvious, but he's the king of obvious. There is nothing more obvious than God. Nothing more obvious than God. God literally being the king of glory, he's the king of obvious. And I want you to get this in your head. I want you to get this in your heart and in your spirit. There is nothing more obvious than our God. There is nothing, nothing more obvious. Nothing more obvious than our God. More obvious than the fact that there are trees in the forest. There is nothing more obvious than our God. More obvious than the fact that there is sand in the desert. There is nothing more obvious than our God. More obvious than the fact that there is actually water in the ocean. There is nothing more obvious than our God. And we live in a world where a lot of people don't realize the obvious. We live in a world where people want to act like they don't see the obvious. They will disregard the obvious, the most obvious of all obvious things. They disregard it. I remember a friend of mine was telling me how he got into an argument with a, with a guy who was an atheist. Why would you argue that there are trees in the forest? I said, he doesn't need you to argue with him. He needs you to pray for him. He needs you to pray for him. He really does. If he can walk into the forest and not see there's trees, it's not time for an argument. I need to get on my knees right now and pray for you. If you walk to the edge of the beach and don't see that there's water as far as your eyes can see, if you don't see that, I'm not going to argue that with you. Stop arguing with people who don't see God's glory. Stop arguing with people and, 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 and talking bad about them because they haven't realized the glory of the Lord. If, if they don't see the obvious, pray for them. If you walk in one day and you walk in here one day, uh, I, I always talk to Tessa about this. I, I tell Tessa, I'm, I'm not just black. I'm pretty, I'm pretty black. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty black as far as black goes. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm very, very, very black. Okay. And so I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to have this conversation with you that I'm, that I'm not black. If somebody wants to argue that, if you can't see, come on, come on, come on now. What's more obvious than that? What is more obvious than that? My brother, I have a, my big brother, he's about my height, but he's, he weighs about 330, three, something like that. Mom, don't be in denial. It's obvious. She's she in denial. He weighs 330, and she, no, he, no, he don't weigh, yeah, he do. Because he weighs more than, he weigh, 
I weigh about 260, 270, way more than me. He weighed a good bit more than me. So he, like, he is a very obvious person. One thing you can't accuse my big brother of is sneaking around. Uh, you can't do that. You can't do that. He, he can't do that. He's about my height. He weighs about 330, 340. Uh, he reeks, and I mean reeks, of cologne all the time. Reeks of cologne. You can literally walk through the house and tell the rooms that he's been in. I can literally go in, and, and go in the bathroom. Uh, he ain't been in here. He ain't been in here. You can go in the living room. Oh, yeah, he's been all, he's been all in here. And he sat right here, I can tell. I can tell he sat right here because it's heavy. It's real heavy right here. And so he, there's no hiding. Uh, and he's not trying to hide because he can't. And, and in the midst of a world that wants to deny God, our God is not sneaky. Our God is obvious. He is obvious. There's nothing more obvious than God. But we live in a world that tries to deny the obvious. The Bible says that the whole, that the earth tells of his glory. The earth literally tells of his glory. The earth tells of his glory. You can't look, you can't in your right mind watch the sunrise and tell me that there is no God. The earth tells of his glory. I don't have to. Even if we all shut up and never said a word about our, about our eternal God, the Bible says that the earth would continue to tell of his glory. You can't see the sunset and not tell me there's a God. You can't sit on your porch at night and look up at the stars in the sky and tell me that there is no God. He is more than obvious. There is nothing more obvious in the world we live in is that there is a God. I was reading, and, and I do a lot of research on this, uh, the, the scientists have come off of the stance, uh, the, the Big Bang Theory. They are coming off of, they're coming off of that stance because as they do more research, what they are finding out is, is that there is no way, it is too improbable, there is no way that it fell together this way. There's no way. And so they're ruling that out. They're ruling that out. What Christians have been saying for years, they're just now realizing in the last five years. And they won't say that it's God, but they'll say, but now they're saying that a very purposeful force. They are saying, they won't say that it's God, but they, but they are saying whoever did it, they did it on purpose. There is no way that our molecular cell structure fell together this way. There is no way that a boom created this and it just fell like this. It just fell this pretty. You can't ride through the Blue Ridge. Uh, raise your hand if you've been to the Blue Ridge. I think it's the Blue Ridge Trail, Blue Ridge Mountain Trail. Right? You, you. No, I'm talking about like going on the way to your house. Oh, oh, to Virginia. The Blue Ridge Parkway, I'm sorry. And, and, and they have the, the lookouts and stuff. You can't ride through that 
and say, oh, that just fell like this. They'll have the mountains, uh, have the mountains decorate uh, the trees, decorate the mountains and the grass, decorates the hillside, and the flowers decorate the, the, the mountains and the hillside. You can't say that it fell that way. And so they are saying that this was done, that this was, there is no Big Bang Theory anymore. They are saying that a, very, that a, a force did this very purposely. We live in a world where there is nothing more obvious than the fact that there is a God. The Bible literally, literally says that the earth tells of his glory. Let's look at Psalms 19. Psalms 19, uh, 1 through 4. And it reads as us. It says, the heavens declare the glory of God. And the sky above proclaims his handiwork day to day not just once but day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge go to the next one there is no speech nor are there words whose voice is not heard their voice goes out throughout all the earth and their words to the end of the world Every single day, the earth speaks of the glory of God. There's another place where it talks about how, in Psalms, where it talks, literally talks about how the trees clap their hands. The earth is literally speaking, literally speaking of the glory of God. Every single day, every single night, it is telling of the glory of God. Do you not know that before there ever was a pulpit, before the church ever decided to assemble, the very first preacher was the earth. That before a pastor ever stood in front of a congregation, that many sermons had already been preached. From the very first day, no wonder the Bible says that God, as he was making the earth, the Bible says he separated the light from the darkness and stood back and said, oh, that's good. Because from the very beginning, of course he would say it's good. It's talking about him. The skies proclaim his goodness. The wilderness, the very wilderness tell and shout every single day. There is a God to anyone who will listen. The earth tells every single day there is a God to anyone who will listen. I'm telling you, I, 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 I've been, I went, I went hunting. Uh, yeah, I went hunting. Um, and, you know, it is what it is. You live in white, no, you got to go hunting. It's like, you know, so I went, I went. And so um, we got there at, at, at uh, four. It was about four, right around four. Don't shake your head, Louis. It was right around four. Lewis is the one who took me. So it was right around four. We got there four o'clock in the morning in the middle of where were we? Nowhere. <laughs> where were we? The place, I'm sure the place had no address. Uh, we are in the middle of nowhere. And so he told me, yeah, you, uh, you go climb up in that, in the stand and, and, uh, and you just sit. Um, by myself, by myself. I was like, yeah, by yourself. Uh, you, you don't want to go with me? You don't, you don't want to go? 
You're like, no, nah, I'm going to go on this one. Like, okay, I'll go by myself. I didn't want you to go with me anyway. I wasn't scared. And so I'm sitting there at 4 o'clock in the morning in pitch black dark. Like you haven't seen dark. I'm not talking about dark. Like you, you, you cut the, like if we cut the light switch off right now and, and, and you know, cover the windows. No, 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 that's not dark. You haven't seen dark. I'm not talking about you go to bed at night uh, when all the lights are off. No, 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 no. There's another level of dark I just discovered when I went on. When there's no electricity around for miles, when there's no light source around for miles, the, like the level of dark, you can't see this in front of your face. Somebody be standing right in front of you doing jumping jacks and you don't even, you don't even know they're there if you don't hear them. And so I'm sitting in this stand. And so from four to five, six o'clock, from four to almost six o'clock is the worst two hours of my life. Okay. <laughs> a black man, I'm sitting there, a black man in complete black dark and I'm hearing stuff. And every scary movie I'd ever watched, like, came back. I was like, oh, gosh, Jason's here. No, no, not Jason. Freddy's here. Like, oh, oh, I hear him. I hear him. So, but where can I go? It's just that door. There's nowhere to go. So I, just, I sit there uh, holding my gun tightly. Um, and so first two hours, worst, worst two hours of my life, by far. But then something happened. At 6 o'clock, right around 6 o'clock, the sun, literally, it was like sunlight began to creep into the forest. And like everything around you began to light up little by little. And at the same time that this is happening, little animals start coming out of their hiding places. And I sat back. I didn't even, I didn't shoot anything. I didn't even shoot anything. I, 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 I literally, I was in awe. I was in awe. It's one of the most beautiful things I'd ever seen to, to see the sun creep in and the animals start to come out as they reacted to the sun's presence. And it, it, it was so beautiful. I was like, oh my gosh. I started having praise and worship in the night, in the stand, in the deer stand. That's why it, probably why I ain't shooting things because the deer wouldn't come close. I was making so much noise. <laughs> but it was so obvious. I said, how can you look at this and not know that there's a God? Uh, the, the, the scripture literally tells us that the earth speaks every day and every night that the earth speaks of his glory. How obvious is this? To the extent, I want you to look at Romans 1 and 20. Romans 1 and 20, it says, For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in, that, in the things that have been made so that they are without excuse. This verse literally lets us know that even if you've never been to a church, one day when you stand before God and the Bible lets us know that we will all one day stand before God in judgment. And the Bible lets us know that on that day, even if you've never been invited to church, you, you don't have an excuse. 
Even if you've never stood in front of a, or sat in front of a pastor and heard a sermon preached, even if you've never experienced that, you still don't have an excuse. If you've never heard a choir sing, you, do, you have no excuse at all to not know that there is a God. Amen. That we are without excuse. It literally says that since from, from, uh, has been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. Ever since the creation of the world, from the very first day till now, we have no excuse. And even if you go back in Psalms 19, it talks about how it, it, it literally speaks all over the world. And so we know that, and, the, and, and this is the thing that I like about it, is that it covers all languages. And so it doesn't matter what you speak, it doesn't matter where you're from, whether your native tongue is, is, is Chinese or Japanese or English or Spanish, it doesn't matter. That if you have in some way beheld the earth around us, then you have heard the sermon that there is a God. Even if you've never been to church, you've heard a sermon. Even if you've never come to Radius White Knoll or any other radius, when you stand before God, you have no excuse. Because the earth told you that there was a God. The earth told you that heaven was his throne and earth was his footstool. The earth told you that he sits high and looks low. The Bible says that we had no excuse. We have no excuse. And so knowing that the earth in regards to his glory, the earth tells of his glory. The earth tells of his glory. But then it lets us know on top of the fact that the earth tells of his glory, how much more are we expected to give God glory? The Bible says that the, the birds sing, the trees clap their hands. The whole earth is speaking of the fact that there is a God. And we have no excuse. We being made in his image have no excuse to not do the same. We have no excuse to not do the same. It, it is to tell people about God. I don't get why people don't do it. It is the easiest thing to do. I can't sell you. I can't, I can't sit at a car lot and, and, and make you buy a car. I can't convince you to buy a car if you don't want to already buy a car. I can't convince you to go somewhere to, to, to go on a cruise and spend, and spend five paychecks at one time and go on a cruise. I, I can't convince you to do that. But God is not calling. Those things are difficult. Those things are difficult. God's not calling us to do that. What he is calling us to do is to make the obvious obvious. Make the obvious obvious. Do what the trees are doing. Do what the birds are already doing and have been doing for years and years. Make the obvious obvious. Tell the world that there is a God. Surrounded by a creation that has already been doing the same. Tell the world that there is a God. We have no excuse not to do that. The Bible says that we were made in his image and in his likeness. He made us to proclaim his glory. We are made to do that. 
we have no, I, I don't understand. Why is, it, uh, why is it so hard to tell your neighbor that there is a God? Why is it so hard to talk to your coworker about Jesus? Why is it so hard to tell people whose path you come across that there is a God who is in complete control? We are expected to do that. The Bible says in Romans uh, 11 and 36, in Romans 11 and 36, it says that from him and to him and through him are all things, are all things that his, like my big brother, that you can look around and tell everywhere he's been. From him and through him and to him are all things. Every single thing, it came from him. It is, he's in the middle of it. And that it comes to him. From him, through him, to him are all things. There is nothing he doesn't have his hand on. That is why you can just look around and see that there's a God. His hand is in everything. His presence is everywhere. It is obvious if you just look around of his presence. It says, from him, through him, and to him are all things. It says, to him be glory. To him be glory forever and ever. To him be glory forever and ever. And I, and I didn't want to go here. It's, it's in, in telling us that from him, and I'm going to end with this, that from him, to him, and through him are all things. It's saying that in being the king of glory, it means that glory belongs to him. Okay? Glory, because he's the king of glory, the second thing we need to see is that glory belongs to him. Okay? And because glory belongs to him, we have an obligation to give it to him because it belongs to him. That is why, uh, and, and, and that is so hard to do. It is so hard to do, and the devil will try to push up against you when you try to give God glory, but glory belongs to him. In, in not giving God glory, we literally are robbing him. That we rob him when we don't give him glory. That we rob him when we don't give him praise. Jesus said to the people, he says, if these refuse to praise me, the rocks will cry out. We, we rob him. Why is it so hard to lift our hands? Why is it so hard to say, thank you, Jesus? Why is it so hard to say God is good? And when we do that, think of this. It's, it's, it's so crazy. I remember the very first time uh, being, uh, I was a teenager and I had given my life to God. I think I was 14, 14, 15 years old. And I was in the moment, it was during praise and worship, and the song was singing was so good. And I went to put my hand up, and before I did, I looked around. I looked around, made sure nobody was looking, and I, and I, I was like, oh, I'm safe. Now, I'm in church, mind you. I'm not, you know, it's not at school. In church, I said, oh, nobody's looking. I'm like, oh. And then nobody's looking, okay. And, and, and it was so difficult. And, and here's what you have here. Now, that's a funny thing to think about. But here's what you have. There's that moment where you need and should give God glory. Okay? And 
Here's what we're up against. God wants glory, but we don't feel like it. Who, who's more important? God wants glory, but we don't feel like it. There are no other factors. And, it, and who wins, whether you, whether you put your hands up or not, whether you decide to sing or not, whether you decide to praise him or not, it comes down to you and God and who's more important. But it's not complicated. It's really as simple as that. It's not about the song being sang. It's not about who's on the bass or who's on the drums. None of those things really matter. God wants glory. And it really comes down to, to you or God who's, who's more important. And when I started to praise God, when I started, when I just felt the spirit of release and I started to praise God, it wasn't because I became a better singer. Okay? I eventually, this was before I got voted off the choir. Okay, uh, it wasn't because I became a better singer, but I realized that he was more important than me. And when I realized that he was more important than me, my praise went to another level. Because I realized that how I felt didn't matter. When it came down to talking to uh, people about God, I realized that how I feel doesn't matter. Talked to me and Tessa and Waffles not too long ago. Ended up talking to the, the young waitress we had about God, and 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 ended up it, it wasn't an argument. We we were talking back and forth because she believes in God. And and at first I didn't even want to bring it up. And it's like no, it's about God. It's really not about how I feel. And so to get to that place, God wants us to give Him glory. And it is in I want to say it's. here it is second timothy three second timothy three and one paul is talking to timothy and in second timothy three and one paul tells timothy that in the last days that men shall be lovers of themselves Lovers of themselves. And it, ta- it gives this, this litany, this list of sins that they will commit. All because they were lovers of themselves. All because they deemed that they were more important than God. It even goes on to say that loving, being, uh, love, being more passionate or, or paying more attention to their passions than what God, than the desires of God. And even as we, if you don't remember anything else, as we do praise and worship, as you uh, go about your week and you talk to people about Christ and, and you share the gospel or try to live out and you try to reflect God everywhere you go. And, and the Bible says that we should do all to the glory of God. Everything that we do. And you say, well, what do I do? What is, what is God calling me to do? What is God calling me to do? And you wonder, you start coming to church, you don't know, what is God calling me to do? You've given your life to God and you ask the question, what is God calling me to do? What is God calling me to do? Do all to the glory of God. That everything you do should reflect him. That when you sit down for a meal, bless it and pray. That you talk to your kids about God. You read your Bible and pray with them. That you come here and worship with people. That everything that you do, that your language should reflect God. The way you talk. 
the way you talk, the things that you say, what you talk about, that your conversation should be blameless. That people, that without even telling people that you know God, that they should see that you know God. That if you just one day at work decided to tell people, oh, I just want to let y'all know I haven't said anything. I've been working here for five years. I just want to let y'all know I love the Lord. That they, that they shouldn't look at you and say, who are you? That they should have already seen it in your conversation, the things you do, the way you carry yourself, that you do all to the glory of God. And the Bible says that in the last days that men will be lovers of themselves and not give glory to God because they love themselves more. That men will not praise God because they love themselves more. And and someone, it, it was not too long ago, I was speaking to somebody and I was very adamant about the fact that we need to praise God. Yes, even in church. Now, our lives need to reflect it first. But especially, but even as an overflow of that, when we come here, we need to, we should, we have to praise God. We have to. And I was talking to somebody about that, and, 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 and they were telling me, oh, you can't make people, and, and, they, and they, were, they were so offended. And so if I'm telling you that, that we need to praise God, we have to praise God, that we must give him glory. If you feel any offense rising up in you, rebuke it. If you feel any uh, little, a little tightness in your chest, like, oh, I don't know about that. I may need to find another. If you feel that, rebuke it. The Bible says that men will be lovers of themselves. Why is it that that is offense to you? Because it is counter to you. We live in a world where men, as lovers of themselves, that we don't give God glory because it goes against what we want to do. And we will only serve God as long as it doesn't conflict with your comfort. We don't want to be a church at the expense of offending you. I will not be a pastor. I will not be a leader. I will not be a man who who lives for God as long as it's comfortable. And we talked about this before. Just because you come here doesn't mean that you don't worship self. You can come to church and not worship self. We meet at 1015. It's, 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 we make it easy. For people, put out these nice seats and, 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 and you know, we do everything to make it easy. Have nice songs and, and have a, a really good preacher. Yeah, we do. <laughs> you know, we, we do all these things to make it easy for you, you know. And we, we, we do this to make it easy. And at the same time, we are, you can be a lover of yourself. You can, uh, we called it a few Sundays back, we called it youism. Where you can come to church and worship self. It, it is funny that you can, you can give and still worship self. Because you won't give him 10%. That you can, I, I, I read a statistic that 80% of people come to church and leave. They just come, listen to the songs, listen to the preaching, and they leave and go back home. that the weight of the church is carried by 20% of the church. 
20% of the church carry the weight of the church. Why? Because we are worshipers of self. We are worshipers of self. And we only follow God as long as it's convenient. But, but it better not, but the service better not go too long. Or God better not ask me to do something. Uh, God forbid he asks you to do something you don't feel like doing. That, that a Jesus Christ, no, I will not shut up. That a Jesus Christ who, who, who hung on a cross and they drove nails through his hands and his feet. That you want to talk to him about convenience? You want to talk to him about being comfortable? That you won't volunteer. We got to come here and beg people to beg people to set up, beg people to volunteer for the kids. I had a, a conversation with Tracy last night. She was so frustrated. Uh, where, where's Tracy? She was, and she was so frustrated begging people to help. Why we got we got to beg people to help? We shouldn't even have to do that. But it's because we are worshippers of self. We are worshipers of self. And don't fool yourself. You can come here every Sunday and worship yourself. You can come here every Sunday and, 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 and wear, uh, I love my church shirts and all this mess. And not God, but you be on the throne. Because you only, you only follow God until it clashes with what you want. And then that's when the rubber meets the road. That's where we see who's God and who's not. That's where we see who's first place and who's second place. Is God, the Bible says, it doesn't say seek him only. It says seek him first. He demands to be first. I know you got other things you like to do. You like to hunt and that's fine. You like to watch TV, that's fine. You like to go to movies, watch. I, I, I love basketball. I like comedy shows, all these other different things. You have other interests you seek after. All that's fine. God says, don't just seek me. Don't seek, don't seek me only. I don't have to be your only pursuit, but I refuse to be second. Amen. I, and, and so the question I ask you, is God first or is he just important? Is he first or is he just important? And you never know who's God in your life until the rubber meets the road. You never know who's really God until that is why Abraham asked, uh, uh, the Bible says that God, thank you, Jesus. God asked Abraham, God asked Abraham to kill his son just to see if he would do it. Or, or and because God had to know, hey man, before we go any further, I need to know. Am I number one in your life or am I just important? And the Bible says that, Ab- that, that Abraham went to kill him and God and the angel says, stay thy hand. And God, and, and, and God called it off. And, he, and the Bible says that in the name of that place, that Abraham's, he called the name of the place Jehovah Jireh. It means that God would provide because he provided a lamb instead. But it also means Jehovah Jireh also means that God will see. That God will see. And you can say God is important, but that's all right. It doesn't really matter. You don't have to talk that talk. You can talk it or not. But God will see, though. And we all have come to that point where the rubber has met the road in your life. And God has asked you to do something that clashed up against your convenience. And it's in that moment that we figure out who is God. It ain't about radius. It doesn't show about me. It ain't about me. I ain't nobody. 
I could, I, could, I could walk off this stage and this be my last sermon. And the Bible says that the glory, that the earth will continue to tell of his glory every single day better than I ever could. Seminary and everything. But God must be first. He must be glorified. He demands this is not a passive thing. David screams it out. Who is the king of glory? And I ask you in your life, who is the king of glory? At the expense of, of offending you, who is the king of glory? Who is the most important in your life? Is God first or is he just important? Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for these, your people. God, help us to not play games. Help us to not play games. God, at the expense of offending, one day we will stand before you. And we're going to have to answer for the things that we did and the things that we said and the decisions that we made. God, help us to not play games. I don't, we don't have time for that. We don't have time to play games. Help us to be serious about you. Help us to put you first. Help us to seek you first, God. You are God, and beside you there is no other. We thank you, God, for who you are. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. This audio is provided as a free ministry of Radius Church. If you would like to reproduce this audio, please feel free to do so. We ask that you do not charge for any reproductions that you make. If you would like to know more about Radius, please visit us online at radiuschurch.org or download our app from your app store.